You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Welcome to step number six of my seven steps for new real estate investors. I'm Kathy Fetke and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. We've been going back to basics here and in the first steps, we talked about getting very clear on your wealth building goals and how real estate can help you get more of what you want. So it's really important to understand what it is you want. Let's start there. Maybe it means you want more time, more freedom, more money. Once you get clear about what you want, then you need to figure out where you are. And that would include knowing how much money you have to invest, how much you need to save so that you can invest, how much you need to cover your daily expenses so that you can be more financially free, and if you need to save for a down payment, and if you just need to focus on making more money versus investing. And once you have that figured out, then you look at your financing options to figure out how many properties you can afford to buy at this time. And that leads us to the fun part, going shopping. (laughs) Step six is about deciding what to buy. And just like with any big buying decision, you want to do lots and lots of research. Because once you decide you're ready to purchase a property, you will see opportunities everywhere. So unless you narrow it down beforehand, it can be very confusing. Do you buy single family homes? Do you buy new or older? Do you buy close by or far away or in low state income tax states or in landlord friendly states? Do you choose multifamily properties for increased cash flow? Or should you be looking at mobile home parks, tiny homes, condos, townhomes, or even commercial properties? Real estate is a very, very broad field and you've got to narrow it down. So let's look at some of the pros and cons of some of the different asset classes I mentioned. The white picket fence, of course, is the American dream. But it's not just for homeowners, it's for renters too. I mean, who wouldn't want their own parking spot, their own backyard for the kids, or if you're a millennial, for the dogs? And wouldn't you love to have nobody living above you or below you or next to you? and have plenty of room for that barbecue party you want to have. So if you buy the right home in the right neighborhood, you probably won't have much trouble finding a renter. And if you buy that home in an affordable neighborhood that's in the path of progress near jobs and good schools, you can pretty well count on the fact that the value will go up over time. Single-family homes in nice neighborhoods tend to have the greatest appreciation potential of any other kind of real estate, because most families want to live that American dream. They want to live in a nice neighborhood where their kids are safe and can attend great schools. And for you as a landlord, think about it this way. If the rental market ever did soften, it would be a lot easier to lease a single family home in a good area than a duplex or a fourplex in a less good area. And it would be even harder to rent out that condo or townhome. Unless again, they are really well located and have great amenities. Now, there's a common belief that duplexes, triplexes, and fourplexes cash flow better than single-family homes. However, with today's more inflated prices and so many investors chasing deals, you may actually end up not getting that much better cash flow. However, you can get one conventional loan for a four-unit building, and that increases your ability to acquire units with conventional loans. Because remember, you get those 10 conventional loans But if you bought 10 fourplexes, that's 10 loans, but 40 units versus getting 10 loans on just 10 single family homes. So if you're into counting the number of units you own, which a lot of people seem to be doing lately, then that could be exciting. 
But I say it's more important to look at your long-term goals. Don't worry so much about the number of units you own. What matters more is, are these properties going to get you to where you want to be? Will they rent? Will the rents increase? Will prices be higher in 15 years if you want to sell or refinance and take cash out? So again, the number of units you own is not as important as reaching your personal cash flow and income goals. It's also important to remember that with some multifamily properties, there may be some utilities or other expenses that you have to pay that you can't pass on as easily to your tenant as you can with a single family home. And certainly with condos, the biggest fee that you would encounter is the association fees, those HOA fees. Boy, do those add up. So be careful about buying a condo as a rental property because those HOA fees can eat up any cash flow you were hoping to get. So even if you get a good price on it and are able to get some good rent, make sure you understand those fees. And remember, assessments can happen at any time too which can eat up your cash flow and profits really bad. So make sure you're really underwriting more than just the unit you're buying. You should be underwriting the whole building. Rich and I just sold a condo that we had bought for my office, actually. So I am officeless at this time, but we did buy a tiny home. That will be my office soon, as soon as it arrives. But we sold that condo because the assessments were so high. So there were those fees, the HOA fees that kept going up and boy, oh boy, we were so happy in the end to sell that condo. So just be careful. It's not that I'm against condos. It's just that you really need to understand that you're not just buying your unit. You're buying the septic system, the roads to it, the gates, that everything because you own it collectively with the other owners. Now, a lot of investors believe they have less risk with multi-units because if one side is vacant, they can still collect income from the other side. But this isn't always the case. Because since single-family homes tend to be more desirable, they tend to rent more quickly if they're well-located. So even if theoretically you have more units to rent because you've got a multifamily unit, it doesn't mean that all those units will rent. It's all about desirability and demand. So at the end of the day, just like with single-family, multifamily properties really depend on the location. The value of real estate always comes down to location. A well-located apartment will command more rent than a rundown mansion out in the boonies far away from jobs, and vice versa. A poorly located apartment could command far less rent than one single-family home that is well-located. So use common sense. Stay away from power plants, electrical towers, sewage facilities, the dump, junkyards, air traffic, noisy streets, and high-crime areas. These are all going to be very difficult properties to keep rented because if your tenant isn't happy, you're not going to be happy. On the flip side, though, don't buy too high end either. A plus neighborhoods command top dollar, both for the renter, but also for you as the buyer. So rents rarely cover the mortgage payments on those properties. While it may be a wonderful place to live, it might not work as well as a landlord. Really, in the end, it all comes down to rent ratios. When prices were really low, which has basically been the last 10 years, we were able to get rent ratios from 1% to 1.5%. It was incredible. That means that on a $100,000 property, we were able to get rents for $1,000 or more. But today, with home prices going up as they have been, we're getting closer to 0.07% of purchase price and monthly rents. So that means you really just have to rely on leverage as a very important tool for building your wealth. Because if you can get your tenants to cover your mortgage payments for you and your other expenses, 
and hopefully some cash flow left over to pay down that loan more quickly, well, then you've really used the ultimate leverage, the bank to help you acquire the property and the tenant to help you pay off that bank loan so that in the end, you own the properties free and clear, as I mentioned in other podcasts. Now, Real Wealth Network, we really don't recommend buying anything over the median home price of the area. In fact, we try to keep all prices under $150,000. Now, that's not always possible, but it's a good target. Because once you get over $150,000, it just cash flows less. And again, that's not always the case, but generally speaking. So if you're in California, this will require that you purchase outside of your own neighborhood because you're not going to be finding properties for $150,000 in most cases. And that means you will need the help of an excellent property manager to take care of your property. And you can get referrals to property managers that are recommended by the members of Real Wealth Network by joining. It's free. Just go to realwealthnetwork.com. You'll need to join in order to get access to all those referrals, by the way, but it's free. So is there a particular city that I think is better than others? Well, what we know for sure is that demographics are moving east. 10,000 people are turning 65 every day and they're looking for a way to retire. So they are going to no state income tax states or low income tax states like Nevada, Arizona, Texas, Florida. Really, pretty much the Southeast is where the bulk of the demographics are going. So these are great areas to invest in. But if you prefer to stick with California, there are still some pretty good areas like Sacramento or the Chico area or Riverside County. There are still some well-priced properties that I wouldn't say necessarily cash flow, but where the rents would cover most of your expenses. But the metro area isn't as important as understanding where the jobs are going in that metro area where the wage growth is, where the path of progress is, and where it's most affordable. So again, if you go to our website, realwealthnetwork.com, we've got 15 different metros listed with lots and lots of data to help you determine which area might be best for you. And as I said, you'll also have access to our referral list to property managers, contractors, real estate agents, and turnkey rental properties. I'm Kathy Fetke, and thanks for joining me here on The Real Well Show. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye.